long before the sands of time, our hero was wandering a dungeon for just 60 minutes. Today on... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Press B to Cancel. I am joined by the ever-ready GP. Hi, I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> Sinistar. Hi, I'm having a good Saturday. Friday. <laughs> Chard Monk. Really pumped about my credit score, guys. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> we all are. And... An echoey Jake, for he just moved. I'm aiming for that that low 400s, baby. That's what I want. That low 400s. It's a sick. It's a sick Jake cave. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody is doing well tonight. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We are talking about <laughs> Prince of Persia this week, and and only Prince of Persia this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're we're doing a little bit more focused of an episode this week. And oh, I assure crap. you there will be tangents. <laughs> well, this group, Us? yes. Uh, tangents? Us? Tangents, variants, tangents. coefficients. Yeah, sine waves. Signs. Sine waves. Math. Trig. Algebraic. Anyway. <laughs> I got that reference. Got it. <laughs> All right. Um, this is a game that I have minimal experience with in my history i have played i want to say two versions but not a lot and whew, not in like 20 years wow no 30 years holy goodness it's been a while we might be old yeah it uh, it actually it actually did just pass its 30 year anniversary so did it really okay yeah, 1989. Wow. So. I feel pretty good being 10, 10 years older than then. So Which I, I got to say, that's very fitting because I believe the 30-year anniversary is, in fact, the sand anniversary. So it's <laughs> apropos. <laughs> apropos. I thought it was apropos. clocks, personally, but I, I could be wrong. Hourglasses? Maybe. Maybe. That's the, the mix. The that's the mix-up. That's the mix-up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Jafar anniversary. It's, it's mm. the golden cobra. <laughs> When the evil villain comes in to celebrate your wedding, at it. no, you don't want that. Fantastic. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I gotta say, when I watched the intro to Prince of Persia in preparation for this week, I was getting major Disney's Aladdin vibes. Mm. I'm like, sure like, there's some guys at really Disney <laughs> were like, "Hey," and I know it's inspired by uh, Thousand and One Arabian Nights or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, it seemed like they had also just recently played the game or something and drew some of the things directly from it. I don't know. I just assumed every evil warlock in that time frame was named Jafar, like we have <laughs> John Smith, essentially. It's just a common Jafar name. Smith. Jafar Smith. Yeah. But, Jafar Smith. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's as simple as the Prince of Persia is technically Aladdin, at least at that point in time. Even though... Fairly close. He was given a name, but I think only in the movie. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. <laughs> yeah, he played a. a yeah. I, I'm probably gonna, not pronouncing this correctly, but it was Dastin or Dastin. Dastin. Yeah, Dastin. Yeah. Dastin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen the movie. I have. Oh. I haven't. No. That's all I bring to the table is the movie. I got you. You're, you're <laughs> absolutely. You're absolutely correct. By the way, uh, the the uh, the the protagonist was was actually specifically nameless in the original game. Yeah. So. Uh, well, uh, Sinistar, would you like to start us off on this since you yeah. have probably the most experience out of all of us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, um, I mean, I played this on the original hardware. So this was this was developed and released for the Apple II series. Uh, it specifically, it, while I or when I went back and kind of re-reviewed it, it, it requires specifically a two E. So that was kind of the um, after the two and the two plus. So it required it because it did actually use. Um, uh, more RAM than was that was than was available on those early, early machines. Specifically, the 2E had a an enhancement card with with a little bit of extra RAM, 
which is important. And we can talk about that in a minute. Um, but um, it was developed kind of late in the cycle on the Apple II. Um, but I also, as a, as a kid, um, my first gaming computer was an Apple II. Um, and and much like this game, I, I kind of, you know, was kind of late into the, well, I held on to my Apple II late into the cycle and didn't, didn't actually switch over to DOS gaming till probably, um, I don't know, after, after it had been a, a, a platform for a while. Anyway, um, but uh, what's kind of interesting is, um, so Jordan Mechner, who, who created this game, um, it's kind of a spiritual successor to uh, an earlier game that he did when he was in college. Um, and we probably should talk about that. Um, uh, Karateka and, um, both are very similar in kind of their, their visual style. Um, it, specifically he used, um, a technique, uh, that, you know, it's funny you talk about Aladdin and, and stuff like that. They used, he used a technique that Disney used for quite a while, uh, yeah. which was rotoscoping. Um, and so specifically the way that he did it is, um, and this was pre VHS. And this is, if you go back and watch some of his history discussions, he talks about how, um, uh, Prince of Persia was specifically filmed on VHS, but the reason that it, it's kind of important is he, the earlier one, he actually had to kind of throw up on a screen. He recorded it on, on, you know, an earlier technology. He had to throw it up on a, on a screen and he had to literally trace every frame. And so, um, and this was, this was actually his um, karate instructor that he filmed. Um, and then he took and basically, you know, frame by frame wrote these, um, uh, you know, moves. And, and then what's interesting on the original Karateka, um, and by the way, I called it Karateka as a kid because, you know, we all <laughs> said karate, right? You know, um, same thing here. Right. I'm sure you're not. But uh, what's interesting is 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 um, it's a much simpler platform because essentially the character and the enemies are 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 exactly the same sprites with just like different helmets. So um, simpler. Oh, hold on, that's how it was in Tech Mobile as well. I just want to say it, it's, he's right. He's right. <laughs> there's twelve. There's at least eleven men on the field, and they're just colors and shapes by this. Tech Mobile is Karataka. Which I, I know it's Karatika. I'm choosing to refer to it as Kiratika. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I think there's a no store problem. named that down the street from me. Nice. Yeah. Karateka. <laughs> no, it's Karadaka. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, anyway. it's funny yeah. that uh, I actually asked the guys here if uh, they had heard of the 2012 remake of Karatika. And... It's funny because that's the first time I had ever heard of the game. The forums I frequented in, in that period of time were all excited about this game being remade. And I was like, what is this game? <laughs> uh, it's actually, uh, I have very fond memories of, of uh, Karatika or Karatika. You know, I'm just going to call it Karatika because that's what I did for like 20 years until I learned that it was something else. Anyway, um, sorry, Jordan Mechner. Um it, it, it's 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 a consumable game in one sitting. In fact, there's no save system. Um, if I remember right, there's literally like two levels. You can complete it in probably twenty five to thirty minutes. It's a very well, simple you concept. Can. A, <laughs> I couldn't. I, I used to play <laughs> this. Nowhere. Here we go. Inadvertently shitting on Jake's gaming skills again. <laughs> again. Hey, what the hell? You gotta get the stab in there. It, uh, I mean, it's better than Wiley Wars for sure, but, uh, you know, well, is it though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you say it's at least better than I Circus Charlie. Charlie, you know, uh. <laughs> cool spot. Anyway, it's it's well worth <laughs> anyway. playing. I, I probably will play the uh, the remake, um, uh, because, um, it, it was a great game, it had had some novel concepts like. You know, it was a fighting game back when there was kung fu on on the uh, the Atari or what was the other one? Karate, wasn't it? Yeah, karate, karate Master, was, yeah. Or something? Yeah. yeah, Karate, it arcade, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it had a lot of fun things in it. I know we're supposed to be talking about uh, Prince of Persia, but I wanted to point out that there is there is a fun part at the end where 
you're trying to save a princess. You go through this, you know, this temple, you, you kill the end boss, and then you go into the room where the princess is. And, and in the game, you can either have a standing non-karate pose, or you can have a karate pose. And if you, if you go up to the princess in karate pose, she kills you in one kick. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. And, 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 How did they and, kidnap her? Uh, well, that was that was the joke as a that was the joke as a kid is is we were always like, why didn't she self rescue? She wanted to be there, just like Peach. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that how no it works? the story's no wrong? The story's she was, wrong. She was running the joint. He got the yeah. wrong email. It was broken up. He just assumed. Also, so, yeah, I, just, I, go ahead. I love how the 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 kidnapped princess in that game is. So dramatic too, because as soon as they close the door on her when they throw her in the cell, oh, she, she instantly just collapses to the floor. Gets a case of the vapors and passes out. <laughs> okay, she's not there on the floor the whole time. I think very clearly, as soon as the screen cuts out and goes to the game, she is diligently training on that kick. She must be. <laughs> it took the it took the protagonist so long to get yeah. out that she was yeah. ready to just bust chops out. Well, that's that that's that Bruce Lee quote, right? Like. Don't be afraid of the person who practices a thousand kicks one time. Be afraid of the person who practices one kick a thousand times. Like, right. That's the princess. Yeah. That's where that comes right. from. Right. Bruce Lee. There's not enough RAM in that system Adam and to Gamer. able to do that montage of training kicks, unfortunately. <laughs> going to need a montage. I was going to say, if they got a cool montage music, then she's going to learn it quick. <laughs> All right. So in doing my research, I found out that... Uh, with the success of Karate Ka, mm -hmm. he was Jordan was given the green light to make another game for yeah. I, I believe it was Broaderbund to mm -hmm. publish, correct? Mm -hmm. And correct. Uh, <clears throat> they were expecting a sequel to Karate Ka, and instead they got Prince of Persia. Correct. And now, I, it, it doesn't seem like they were disappointed in it in the least, but no, now um, his I, I think it was probably you know a, a kind of a what you'd consider a project manager these days this person actually was watching him you know produce prince of persia and the whole time he he didn't want to actually make a sequel to um karataka and um he uh very specifically did not include combat in the game and in fact consumed all of the available resources and ram and stuff doing the other pieces, the puzzles, the the movement, because this is actually a much greater version of rotoscoping uh, than the than um, Karataka. Um, and every single time that this that this project manager would talk to him, they would that she would say to him, "Where's where's combat?" He, no, we don't need combat. We don't need combat. We don't need combat. And uh, eventually. Um, and this is actually a fun little a little bit of history. There is there is a a making of that you can go watch. Um, he he finally caved and he looked at it and he said, "Well, all right, we need to put combat in. I think it's I think it does need to happen." And that actually was kind of the the fortuitous invention of one of the greatest pieces in that game, which is the um, uh, the Shadow Man. Uh, and there's a scene in the game where the Shadow Man's introduced. I'm not going to spoil it. It's actually a really cool scene. And the way that he did it is he looked at it and he said, I've I consumed all of these resources. We're talking 48K of RAM available. This is you know, substantially small, right? Um, and he he found that there actually was, on the Apple II hardware, there was a an operation that he could do that would essentially set each pixel off by one. And so when it overlaid, it actually became a shadow of the character. Hmm. Huh. And so he didn't actually have to redo any of the rotoscoping. He didn't have to redo any of the, you know, the, the character work. He just literally did that off by one. And he introduced a character that was a shadow. And it's a very cool looking character. Um, and uh, uh, the progression of that shadow character in the game is one of the coolest concepts as well. It so. is absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing. <clears throat> watching the videos i watched a bunch i watched like a montage of maybe you know the apple II and then amiga nintendo and all the stuff mm -hmm. you know all the stuff that it came out in. and to see <clears throat> to argue and we'll get into more <clears throat> discussion about this i'm sure 
about how much almost the Apple II and the Amiga were almost better looking games than like the later stuff in the system. And it's mostly, and maybe it's because of my geekdom or whatever, of it being this game was made in 89 or whatever, yeah? Mm -hmm. And yeah. it looks so fluid for a 1989 pixelated game. It's incredible. Like, the first time I actually saw it, I went, no, this this wasn't back then. This is this right. is just like a dumbed-down version on an 8-bit system. It has to be. No. And it's... It looks cool. It's cool to watch. Yeah. I I wonder if all of us or some of us didn't just watch the same three and a half hour YouTube video. Probably did. Which, we by the way, was we all understood the assignment, right? So yeah, but none of us have played the game. No. So watching I have the beaten this game, I have beaten right. this game. Yeah. So watching the the original version with the the rotoscoping animations that look so fluid. I was immediately taken back to my my first playthrough of Moon Crystal. If you guys remember seeing oh, yeah, that yeah. game, or if any of you yeah. played mm -hmm. that, so I kind of got that feeling like, oh God, I would not like to play this because Moon Crystal, though I eventually <laughs> grew to love that game, was so difficult. We I should have mentioned that last week when we were talking about the interfering stuff, but you know everything based on momentum and overly animated everything, and the you know the amount of time it takes just to turn your character around. But then kind of watching the playthrough, I started thinking, no, this is much, much better. But like Chart is saying, much, much earlier. And yeah. it's interesting that this was so well done. And then the things that followed it sucked so badly, not just in the series uh, with the sequel, but a lot of just other uh, Apple games or Nintendo games even couldn't pull off what right. this accomplished. Or, you know, anyway, it was very cool. And I think, honestly, of... Everything that I learned about from this three and a half hour video I watched, uh, <laughs> the really the, the thing that blows my mind is the creator and developer, Mechner. Like what you talk about, like a renaissance man, that's it for, for the modern yeah. age. Everything he did, he excelled at, and he had all these other projects going that would probably kill a regular mortal person to have that many high level, high performing, high demand things going. And he just succeeded at all of them. And if you look at the, you know, the series, really the more successful ones where the the ones where he kind of sat up and said, actually, I do want to be a part of this one. Uh, there's a lull in quality when he was away and then Sands of Time came out. And of course, it was great because he had his hand in it. Absolutely. Just, say that, um, <laughs> wow. I just, just want to say when it comes to like rotoscoping, like, yeah, when you look at rotoscoped animation in gaming at this year it does look so much more far advanced than anything else at the time right especially like nintendo where you have three or four frames of animation for a sprite but this you have so much it's so fluid it kind of reminds me how in like films animated films how you look at something like um the lord of the rings movie back in the day i think it's the 70s mm -hmm. it was rotoscoped and how it has that oddly realistic like yeah. appearance to it mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. feels unnatural at first, almost too fluid. Mm -hmm. And that's what I get reminded when I look at Prince of Persia. It's just almost too fluid for the It's medium. like an uncanny valley sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. It's the yeah. same thing with, with Moon Crystal. Like when I was watching GP play that, I was like, this game is unnaturally fluid for yeah. for what system it's on. It does this is it's weird. You think it's like you think it's a current game, but like a D make of something, you know, like it's a little right. bit it's just been torn down to make it look older, but it's all the technology from today, and that's not even remotely the case. It's the same thing with this when I when I saw this one, because I've, I've we all know Prince of Persia exists. We knew it was there, but I mean, I really didn't get into it, and probably till like Sands of Time, or, or a little yeah. bit later into the, like way later, which has nothing to do or like anything like what this did until you know you know researching it and looking back and seeing it, going, man, this thing was far above us. I mean, you got like King's Quest games that you're playing that are pixelated and, and you're walking around all herky-jerky you know 84 the first one came out then five years later you get this rotoscoping of this extremely fluid game it's it's really neat to to, to kind of just watch and then i this is the only thing i'll say about karateka so sorry to keep interjecting i don't think i'd ever heard about karate core or whatever and then like we started talking about it and doing the research for this week and nine different places uh karateka came up and, you know, all these things, even like gaming historian, because I've kind of been going through and watching all of his episodes, it has nothing to do with anything. And then all of a sudden somebody's talking about it. 
And right. so I've, maybe I have heard of it a million times in my life, but never known what the reference was until, you know, you guys brought that up. And now it's it's everywhere still. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, you know, we talk about like the, the, um, that 1970s Lord of the Rings, uh, a much more modern version of, of another rotoscoped video or, or movie scanner darkly. Did you ever, yeah. did any of you guys oh, ever see yeah. that? And, okay, yeah. and another yeah, one of those, call. another one of those where cool. like, it looks, it looks wrong because it looks so right. Mm-hmm. You I know? love scanner darkly's yeah. animation. That is scanner that's a yeah. cool movie. Robert Downey Jr., if you're watching, um, first incredible. Off, watching, smash that like and subscribe button. But uh... Uh, fun <laughs> bit of trivia about that movie. Fun bit of trivia about that movie. There, there are little post-it notes kind of around, mm-hmm. and Robert Downey Jr. used those. He actually used those to uh, for his lines. And then in the movie, they actually like they rotoscope the rotoscoping took all of the text off, but they used he used that for nice. his lines. Oh, yeah, that's Brando. Brando used to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you look at some of the the trivia for Godfather or even Superman, he's holding a baby and he just wrote his lines on the baby. One hundred percent. I'm sorry. I've actually I heard can't that read. Rumor. I can't read this. I wrote it in the crack. Hang on. <laughs> right. He's even just like tilting the anyway. Brando, Brando, baby up, baby up. <laughs> Who smudged the baby? <laughs> this baby's Bye. made of people. It's made of baby. people. <laughs> That's Heston, not Brando. <laughs> they both wore bandanas. Brando Heston. Yeah. Look, look, look the, it, it works. It rolls. Yeah, it totally works. Okay, so I want to say this is a game, like I said, I played it when I was a kid. Uh, I believe my neighbor around the corner had it, a friend of mine. And he had a bunch mm-hmm. of DOS games we used to play. And so this was one of them. And it was not a game I had a lot of patience for because I did not grow up playing PC games. I grew mm-hmm. up with controllers. So right. that that arrow key thing was always mm-hmm. just a not possible transfer of information for my brain. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't play it a whole lot there. But a couple years later when it came out, uh, I'd never played it on the NES either. But when mm-hmm. it came out on the Super Nintendo, I played that. And mm-hmm. I was absolutely terrible at it okay okay was the one on the super nintendo the one that was sped up to 150 percent, or is that prince of persia mm-hmm. 2 i don't know about sped up but they they actually increased the number of levels and increased the time that you you had to play longer yeah, yeah. you had twice as much time because it instead of having oh, 12 yeah. levels it has 20 levels yeah and it added boss fights like yeah it actually it, added like a boss gauntlet at the end and numerous different boss fights. And they, mm. the AI is mostly the same on the bosses. It seems like it might have been changed up a bit here or there, but it's it's mostly just different sprites. It's, we should it's also, funny. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it's funny that you mentioned controllers and this game because uh, I think I think most of the footage that that Jake is throwing up on the screen is is the footage I recorded. Um, I started with the joystick slash controller and um, first off uh, because the Apple and the, the Amiga and stuff like that only had a single button on most of their joysticks. There isn't a jump, but jump button in the original ports or the original versions. Mm. And then the early ports. And so it's, it's that whole like press up to jump. Right. And so uh, sometimes I would, I would totally miss because you have to make running jumps and so you start running, you start running, and then oh, you have to man. like aim your controller the right direction. And sometimes right. I would miss. And to to go to that muscle memory thing because I did play this on the original Apple II hardware um, back in the day. I then switched over to the keyboard controls, and I I did some additional videos later, and you can see a defined difference in how well I play switching over to the mm. keyboard controls. And, and part of that is, is because there is actually, they use, it uses the number pad on your keyboard. So most people have a number pad, the one through nine, and it uses four, five, six, left, down, and right. And then it uses seven and nine and eight as jumps. So seven jumps left. Like oh. it's a, it's oh, a aimed gross. jump. Nine is an aimed <laughs> jump the other is, direction. Yeah. I just like, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Give me a but controller, it, please. It makes. <laughs> Well, it actually makes it it makes it more precise. So, I mean, it makes sense 
But yeah, I like to compartmentalize my my stuff and we're just throw it all into the up button. <laughs> if you're going to make me push the up button, make me use one up button. Don't make me decide on, <laughs> hey, I'm running forward. Oh, crap. I press nine. He backflips and do some spikes. You know, it doesn't that doesn't compute in my head. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's I can't fair. turn on a dime like that, man. It's probably muscle memory. <laughs> Oh, yeah. speaking of turning on a dime, that's one of the coolest rotoscoping animations. If you're running one direction and you press the other way, he's, watch yeah, he, the watch the character do the slide yeah, turn. It's, yeah, that's cool. Uh, real quick, while we're just, while we're yeah. touching on rotoscoping as well, so he recorded his brother doing the running, sliding, dying, like falling and dying, stuff like that. But when he got to the point that he introduced combat in, his brother had already moved away. And he was trying to figure out how to do it. And so he ended up um, pulling six seconds of footage from 1938's Robin Hood with Errol Flynn. Oh, wow. There is a fight scene, a a fencing fight scene. So all of the fights are based on that six seconds. He rotoscoped that scene. They're in profile. They're like, yeah. That's crazy. So while the Super Nintendo game is still on the screen uh, for those watching on YouTube, I do want to mention the animation does not look nearly as good on the Super Nintendo. No, just say, as just previous say versions. Yeah. And it's way so it, it still has a lot of frames of animation and theoretically it should be smooth still. No, but it's for clunky, some reason though. it's clunky and it's kind of it's Off-putting. got a sort of squiggle vision to it. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. squiggle vision is a term I pull from, if you ever saw those cartoons, home movies or Dr. Cats. Dr. Yes, Cats, yeah. The way yeah. they were that all drawn really squiggly yeah. and it was like new frames. It, yeah, that's squiggle vision. That's what they called it. Or it's kind of like Ed, Ed, and Eddie or something like that, where they're not always completely in the same position they were in the previous frame mm. as far as where the line exactly is. And that's what I see in this, is the way they animated it, it looks really bad because it's rotoscoped animation but then it looks squiggly it's, and incomprehensive it's yeah. like they took the rotoscoped <laughs> animation and they're like how do we make this into a sprite for the super nintendo as i was saying yeah, that's exactly to throw a bunch of shit yeah. on top of it to make it look more modern but try and keep it with its you know it's it's old school artwork style and like yeah, and it just makes it look too there's like there's too much going on mm-hmm it's the 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 shade the shading on the pixels jumps around a lot and i think that affects it and then yeah. for some reason it feels like the animation is mixed about a little bit and not completely seamless like in previous versions you know what it and looks like to me it looks like clay animation it kind of yeah it's like it's stop motion a little bit and just just I can kind of see that lot, but I can, that's how it looks to me <laughs> Reminded but, like, uh, parks and rec where he was working on that clay animation. He's like, I was working on this for like three weeks, and it's like two seconds. <laughs> stand in the place. Yeah, yeah, stand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, YouTube. But, Sorry, YouTube. Yeah, it's uh the Super Nintendo version does not seem nearly as good. It seems like they tried to gear it towards Super Nintendo platforming players at the time, yeah. and it's not really a game built like that. No. And uh I, I do want to mention, uh, I watched a long play of the Game Boy version today, mm. and I was really impressed with that. It looks like it's basically the same game as the original, just four shades of black and gray, you know, right. <laughs> or green you know if you played it back then one? or whatever. You want to take a guess who did the music for that one? Uh, for the Super Nintendo? No, for the Game Boy version. Danny Elfman. Uh, no idea. Tommy Tellerico. Music. Oh, well, for Tellerico. the little there, there, Tommy that Tellerico was my next did guess. It's one of his earliest games. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to guess Trent Reznor, so I was way off. Wow. <laughs> that would I explain you, why so the soundtrack sorry. makes me feel things. Yeah. But yeah, God, the, I love why am I stressed playing this game all the time? <laughs> <laughs> the animation on the Game Boy is super smooth, and Great. everything yeah. is really readable, except it, for one thing. So, there are potions in the Prince of Persia games, correct? Yes, yes. And, and there are They look types. different, correct? Yes, there are multiple types. Oh. So, on the Game Boy, they don't. It's all the exact same sprite. Hmm. It does. does the potions work? do four different things. 
Yeah. Now in the manual, That's how they work. Just be cool is, with it. This is. I want to tell you how ridiculous this is. In the manual, it says something along the lines of. Uh, basically try to infer what the potion will do based on where it's located. Oh, what? Jesus. What? what? Wow. <laughs> so you don't no know sense. if it's going to poison you, refill all your health, oh, and wait, give you an extra. Wait, hold on. Health, hold whatever on. Whatever the other thing was. Let me stop this train. Increase, increase, increase your, uh, your health by one point. There, wait, there's a potion that can harm you? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in the original game it's different colored. In fact, mm -hmm. I have it, nothing. It, I it, have nothing to say. It, in to fact, say. there's actually an easy way to tell if it's a good potion because your character's <laughs> health is shown as as a blue arrow and the blue potions are the good ones. Except if you're ah. playing on Game Boy, you know the best right. way to find yeah. out if it's a good potion, you're alive after you take it. You don't have to do yeah. it all over again. That's amazing. <laughs> Then you Memorize just write it in the book. And don't don't take go it again, there. Stupid. That's, that's the, the plan. They don't give drink you. it that fucking bar. Yeah, I, I thought that was absolutely stupid. I was like, really? You're going to throw various types of potions in a game where you can't tell the difference between the potions. You're just supposed I, to infer whether they're good or bad. I think I just had to really memorize what they were, I guess. And wow. so I'm watching this Let's Play and, you know, he the person playing keeps picking up potions and you know, the animation for drinking the potion, super smooth. Mm -hmm. You see his mm -hmm. belly get a little distended as he chugs it down. It's really neat animation, but like he's picking them up in some spots and I'm like, Oh, that one's going to be bad for him. And it recovers all his health. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to. It was right next to a skeleton. That would tell me it's bad, but okay. <laughs> the skeleton just didn't get there fast enough, apparently. That's, yeah, that's he died why just there. as he was coming upon it. That poor sap. <laughs> you were to say you know something, the, GP? Yeah, okay. Well, just thinking of like a, a fun TikTok video. <laughs> you have a <laughs> color, colorblind uh, bomb defusal specialist <laughs> playing red wire, green wire. <laughs> uh... That's it's terrible. that, right? But with potions. Sure. It's basically, sure. I mean, I was going to say before, I mean, nothing's going to be perfect, and especially, but it's it's almost like if you take the, if you take the game and you put it back down to its like rudimentary or or you, I don't want to say dumb it down, but you you take away all the bells and whistles that the Super Nintendo trying to put on it, it makes it better. It's almost like the further the further back in the past yeah. you go with this game, the better it begins to look. I think out of all yeah. the ones that I watched, I think the Amiga one was my favorite looking and sounding one out of. Out I of have the to crew. agree with that. Um, I, 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 it's pretty crazy. I really liked the because um, I, I played this on multiple ports to to prep, and I really liked the uh, DOS version with the MT uh, MT32 MIDI. Um, that one to me had kind of the most because it was it used an actual MIDI device that had MIDI, you know. Um, voices in the device. Hmm. But there wasn't that much music in the game though, right? No, in fact, the Super Nintendo is the only one that has music, at least of the bunch I played. No, it actually uses um, it actually uses some of the voices on the MT32 to do things like the footstep, footstep sounds and the, you know, sword fighting sounds and the, you know, uh, gate crashing sounds and stuff like that. I want to be the sword fighting sound guy. Fucking nailed it. That was the sword fight, best sword fight you've ever seen. Glad this here's, is an okay. audio podcast. We got this nailed. <laughs> so, here, here, here's my question. Go ahead. Uh, well, I, okay. There's a point that I'm asking here. And you guys, we, we've briefly talked about, has everybody read or listened to the audiobook of Ready Player One? Yes. Yeah. Read it, yeah. Is Prince of Persia? Because I'm not remembering it. Is it mentioned in there anywhere? Because given the 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 impact of this in the history of video games, it seems like something that should be there. And the reason that I ask that is I really don't have a desire to go back and play this, having watched so many videos this week. No, no, no. Not because I don't have an interest in the game, but it's so fun to watch people play this. Yeah. I would rather watch. However, the minute the Oasis becomes a reality, this is the first game I definitely want to play. <laughs> and it's kind of unique that way. And then I think back, was it mentioned at all in RPO? And I just don't remember it. I don't I remember think it. so. Yeah. yeah. I don't I, recall it being mentioned in there. 
I feel like GP's right. I'd be kind of shocked. I, I don't think I don't remember it myself, but I do remember as a child and a young adult literally knowing what Prince of Persia was because mm-hmm. it was on everything. It was yeah. everywhere yeah, every in gaming, and yeah. I never played it as a kid, but I knew it was everywhere. You could play it on anything. Basically, it's, it's kind of like Rush, yeah. right? Like very yeah. lofty ideas and goals. And Rush is like everybody's best kept secret. And Prince of Persia is kind of that way too, yeah? Right. Everybody's aware of it. Nobody really talks about it that much. But we all kind of secretly dig on this shit. Right. I, um, I, that's that's a good analogy, as a matter I of fact. I love Rush, by the way, yeah. yeah. You, you actually talk about this is ported everywhere, which I touched on earlier a little bit. And that the reason that it actually is important that it was ported everywhere is um, Mechner, when he talks about the making of, by the time he got this done on the Apple II, he looked at it and he's like, I think I've written something that is going to like, it's too late. Like the, the Apple II is already being phased out. The quantity of sales is going to be, is going to be abysmal. And, and, and there was some truth of that. And he actually talks about how the porting of this saved this game. I mean, you look at, if you look at the official port releases, there is literally everything, every, not even that. Every year, 19, 1989, obviously the first one, 1990, 91, 91, 92, 92, 93, 94. And then after 94, there's a small break because, you know, the Game Boy Color needs to be invented. And they make it on that, you know, and they take a break from that. And they, you know, wait, wait, wait. on the Game Boy Color, you might be able to figure out what the potions are. You will now. So they fix that problem. But then, and then 20, 2007 phones that can play games need to come out so that's when it comes out there you know it's it's from it's years of literally of just this port this port this port this port but nothing i mean other than some upgrades to the to the graphics and whatnot yeah Yeah. there's not a lot that changes to it i mean it's still the same the same thing it's just they they almost splash more color into it maybe make it make it a little bolder you know well and we should touch on actual successors to this actual follow-ups to this because there were a a number of games that came specifically you know i think probably 2003 was when um sands of time came out Mm -hmm. which by the way i loved sands of time i absolutely adored sands of time and mechner was involved in that right so that is kind of brought him back to the franchise yeah um but very different game. I mean, it still has that puzzle jump, you know, platform. But it's it's it really is a successor with a little bit of that kind of spiritual level of successor because it is quite different. But fantastic game. Well, I, so I, there were actually two direct sequels to Prince of yes, Persia before it got the reboot with Sands of Time. Mm-hmm. There was a Prince of Persia 2, which I don't know a whole lot about. Because when I found out that there was a Prince of Persia 3D (laughs) released in 1999, nobody was still throwing 3D for console releases on their game in 1999. (laughs) So I like immediately my brain was like, okay, Prince of Persia 3D was released in 1999 for PC and Dreamcast. This is going to be terrible. So I had to look it up. (laughs) And in the first, (laughs) so the gameplay seems to be. very much inspired by the original where you're running mm. around and you have to line up with the, the, you know, the ledge above you and do the, you know, jump for heaven, kind of grasp up to a ledge as long as you're perfectly aligned, very much Tomb Raider um, and continue exploring, except there's people you can talk to and they're voiced, which really? I thought was interesting, but uh, the game is ugly, even for the time. And in the first, I want to say, five minutes of the first level, you go from being in a prison dungeon through what looks to be an aqueduct, caves, and then a catacomb, and then back into the prison. Like, this is all new territory you're exploring, and you're literally like spending two rooms per. And (laughs) they keep changing the environment on you. It's very (laughs) confusing and does not convey anything very well yeah yeah so prince of persia 3d accomplished for video games what jaws 3d accomplished for movies (laughs) (laughs) 
It propelled it forward in a significant manner, is what you're saying. Yes. I have the most smart-ass comment I could ever make, but I'm going to... It was the shark roar of the franchise. Yeah. The credit score on that was low. You're saying it might have jumped the shark? Nice. It'll... It'll fall yeah, off in it, seven years. It's fine. It was uh-huh. still waiting it for that did one not look like a good game. And apparently the sales were pretty abysmal on that one. So but, I guess uh, Jordan Mechner. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Chard, what were you going to say? No, don't worry. You lead in. Oh. I, I he, was uh, in space. He was involved in the first one, of course. He developed that one. Uh, he, I believe he was involved in the second one. And he was he involved was. in the he third was. one. But with the sales of the third one, he kind of lost interest in doing it anymore, I think. Um, that and he had, after doing the first game, he went to film school at NYU. So, hmm. you know, he was kind of pursuing a different sort of career path than that anyway. Um, he did come back to do Sands of Time, but yeah. then he didn't do the subsequent games because i am I'm, I'm not entirely sure why, but I know he was disappointed in the tone they took with the subsequent games after Sands of Time. But then he was also part of the script writing process for the movie. Oh yeah. Hmm. Okay. Oh, did he? Huh. Okay. The, well, I mean, I if you see- look at if you look at Sands of Time and then you look at Warrior Within, which is the sequel to the Sands uh-huh. of Time, or it's not the sequel, but it's the one after it, there is a distinct difference in gameplay because you yes. feel like Sands of Time plays like a puzzle game. Right. And less action. I mean, it's action. It's still action oriented, but it feels like a 3D full view version of Prince of Persia, where you're trying to solve these platforming puzzles to get through it. And if you mess up, you can reverse time and try it again, which I I thought that was an awesome concept. Mm -hmm. But then they released Warrior Within. And it was more fighting. It was more action packed. It was more getting and had a mechanism had a mechanism that I despised. Warrior Within had a mechanism I absolutely hated, where you like your evil half or whatever would like bring itself forward, and you were on a time clock to get from point A to point Z. Yeah, and and they built it so that it was like frame perfect. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I remember that. And this happened multiple times. Do you know where the idea for the do-over Sands of Time thing came from? Mm -mm. It came from the director had uh, just got really frustrated in playing Donald Duck going quackers. He's and he's like, there needs to be a do-over Mulligan kind of function. That Genesis so, classic. So he, uh, he ended up saying, no, we're going we're gonna to reverse time here and give people a do-over function. Was that the successor to Quack Shots? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's don't know. it. That's it. Give him a button on the controller that reverses time. I want a, yeah. I want one that speeds up and makes me forget this. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody get get Mechner on the line. Get Mechner on the line. Get this guy out of here. <laughs> I love how all well, our directors are like the mob bosses. Is like a, a huge <laughs> emulator feature, right? A lot of people love the rewind functionality. There's um, was it well, Forza Raid, that has rewind now? Yeah, there's oh, yeah. a few different yeah. habits. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. and and Braid Braid used it as a function as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I, I'm really always a big to... fan of time of games that control time. So I was yeah. like, as soon as they're like, "Oh, you can That's control cool time thing. in this game," I was like, "Sold." Yeah, but I gotta um, play Sands of Time, I guess. Anyway, yeah, Sands of Time. Sands of Time is, um, you know, I have a top ten list. It's probably thirty games. Um, it's in my top ten. So, okay. um, yeah, um, now, my top ten has no, three. I was. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go back to to the original Pinch of Persia because one thing that that really was shocking to me uh, when I played it because 1989, so I was, uh, you know, it was late 1989, so I was 14 years old. And, I was 65. Um, <laughs> and to this point, yeah, there were a couple of games that had blood in a game of any significance. But there are these blade jaw areas that kind of have these serrated gates that close. And if you go through them, they are insta-death, and they leave a streak of blood that every time they move, you can see the streak of blood. And I remember I loved pushing the enemies into them when I was in a battle, and then just leaving that streak of blood. It was 
it was a, uh, it was kind of a visceral thing that I hadn't experienced to that Jeez. point. Yeah. But you don't Are see you that okay? Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> well, just be glad I haven't invented these doors yet. The enemies are people. The enemies are people. If you ever need to just chat with somebody, yeah. Star, you know, my door is open. My DMs are closed now. Oh, <laughs> you'd slide out of that. <laughs> I, the Actually, is, is there yeah, violence in this test game, or is it like replaced with sweat, like out of Mortal Kombat? I don't remember there being gra- that graphic on the console ports. When I get stabbed with a sword, I sweat heavily. Um, in Prince of Persia for Super Nintendo, when you strike the enemy, it makes this sort of like little orange blast on them. Yeah, it's like There's- a pow. That yeah, that like, actually kind of came. Ow, wham, that kind of came arcs, from yeah. Karatika. Karatika had that like kind of like little like comic book, you know, like pop when there was a a, a connection of a of an attack, and then trumpets play so, really loud. <laughs> mm, yeah. Is it would it be fair to say that this sort of was the creation of a subgenre for the puzzle platformer, or was there one that did it like this that came before it? No, this is the genesis of that that type, yeah. right? Because there's several games that came after this that are definitely influenced by you don't think, Persia. You don't think erotica yeah. or, or erotica or whatever it's called is it wouldn't be the <laughs> no. no, no, no. That doesn't have jumping, right? That's just straight up combat. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's more just one on one combat and movement. Okay. Prince okay. right? of Persia has the puzzle elements. I get what you're saying though about this being like the genesis of the the genre. It's also kind of the mic drop, the gauntlet being laid down because. It was so well done. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of had to be its own thing. Exactly. Uh, yes, it, it opened up a genre, but nothing was really like this. Even the sequels weren't exactly... Yeah. I, I don't hell, know. It, it's hell, the remakes weren't, didn't look as yeah. good as the original. <laughs> like, they couldn't yeah. even make it better with technology. They were just like, ah, just throw some pixels on it. Screw it. I don't know what else we're going to do with this thing. We're just going to make yeah. it look buffer. But, make yeah. it fly yeah, this a carpet is- around or something. This is a gameplay formula that we went on to see in stuff like Out of This World slash Another World, whatever title you know it as. Um, Flashback. uh, Blackthorn. Blackthorn. Blackthorn, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Tomb Raider, like you said. I think that was mentioned earlier. Yeah, Tomb Raider is kind of like a 3D version of it to a degree, except it... Metroid? Except I'm better. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Metroid is a little more... A platformer. Give me this one, Metroid please. is a little more Mario fast Brothers? paced, and there's no fall damage in Metroid. Yeah. You got to remember, well, like, this is about realism in how far you can fall before you take damage or die. That and, is something okay. that Mechner thought was important. Was you know he actually specifically in the documentary talks about how you know to this point, and he references like Load Runner, like your character falls and there's no fall damage, right? Prince and, of Persia, the human condition. <laughs> so what you're saying oh, is yeah, are... Bubsy is really just a Prince of Persia sequel. <laughs> the same are, genre, it's, really. It's definitely a gameplay formula that I love, but I don't think I've ever beaten any of those games except for the first uh, Oddworld. Mm. Mm. Oh, no, but, no, that's really? not true. I have beaten out of this world. I did beat that. Flashback is a good beat too. Flashback's not very long, but it's it's a fun, really well done game, and it's not very long if you're good at it. If you're me, it's the longest (laughs) game of your life. And I'm still playing Cuphead. You can beat Flashback. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Have I beat Cuphead yet? No. Look, it's not start. I I think you're good. (laughs) With as bad as Prince of Persia 3D looks, it still looks better than the follow up to Flashback Fade to Black. Mm. Yeah, Fade the Black is a game they're going to ignore from canon. There's actually a flashback to coming out, a modern version of it, but apparently it's going to be closer to the original game. So I think they're going to just ignore that 3D game entirely, which is probably <laughs> for the best. Look pretty bad. Whoops. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, those these are this is the type of game my uncle was always excited to show me when I was a kid, and he was he was a tech nerd, so. Yeah when he got a hold of new games for his, usually his Amiga, he was like, dude, you got to see this. And, you know, he'd whisk me away to his computer when we got up to his place and he'd be like, go look at this. And then, you know, he'd set me up on it and then he'd go hang out with my parents while I sat there and played a game. (laughs) I got to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to okay boomer this real quick. And I'm sorry that I'm going to do this, but it's, it's one of those uh, in the snow, both ways kind of, kind of speech. It's, 
technology back then was like so new and so fresh. It was really cool to see the new stuff coming out and see what they did with the animation, with the gameplay, mm -hmm. with the uh, mechanics, all this stuff. We don't see a lot of that anymore. You know what we see? We see people going back to that. We see people demaking stuff and being like, yeah. hey, you know, it was really cool back then. Let's rotoscope this entire movie. Let's rotoscope this entire game like they did back then. And you're like, oh, this is like from 1989. There's no way this is from 1989. This is at least 2010. And and it's not. And it's it's kind of, it's almost disappointing. Don't get me wrong. I love all the games that a lot of the new games are coming out are great, but there's not that. There's not that je ne sais quoi, I guess you could call it. It's not that what's special okay. about it. Magic. Like, what is that? that? Okay. That yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's human condition this real quick. Follow me on this. This is to Chard's point. Have you ever had an NES game where, or whatever, you type in a uh, cheat code or like a Game Shark code or Game Genie code, and then you're completely OP'd and you're like, man, I want to go back and just play it without all the stuff and, and make it hard. So extrapolate that idea to kind of this when you look at the technology available at the mid to late eighties and game development and like even movies, we had the same kind of thinking and imagination. It's part of the human condition of what can we do with this? Mm -hmm. How far can we take this? But it was much more limited there. Look at all the peripheral, uh, you know, things that came out for even just the NES or the, the, the super Nintendo or the Genesis, the ideas are there, but the technology is limited. Now we have the ability to do all that and make it look good it kind of is this embarrassment of riches where you're like, I want to go back to when shit was more difficult. Right. Or it was not quite there. And that I think sense. that's, there's some magic there. And part of what is so special about Prince of Persia, and you guys mentioned this a minute ago, very aptly was the utility of it. The logic of the level design. Why would there be yeah. spikes here? Why would there be this? Like that's what was special to me about this. Because again, to look at it with the exception of how smooth the animation was, what is appealing about this game? Really? It's not the soundtrack. The story is okay, but really it is the utility and the efficiency of design. And you didn't see it's, that for a very long while. It uses a lot of rational game design, which yep. mm. when there's rational game design, it feels good. You know, like you, you progress at a pace that you're like, I am making progress and mm -hmm. you're getting that, you're getting those brain juices going, right? Uh, the serotonin yeah. release or whatever, where you're like, I, I figured out this puzzle, right? Right. But I mean, okay. I, and, and I just want to go back to make sure that that metaphor was understood. The power glove, for example, we had this idea as a, as a collective species, right? What if we can do this? And the idea was that the technology was not Prince of Persia is a very rare example of the idea was there and this is the best possible execution of it. So that's all I was trying to say yeah. with that. Cause I know I go on and tangents, but I wanted to tie that together for you guys. Mm -hmm. Visually too. It's super impressive. I mean, yeah. you're looking at yeah. what it is, you know, yeah. three to five frames of animation for most sprites in most games at the time. And then you get this where it's all rotoscoped and, you know, it yeah. looks like, you know, a platformer, that looks like a Disney game. You know what I mean? It looks like a Disney movie right. as right. much as a, a game in 1989 right. can. Right. And it's very impressive for the time. And now we're at a point where, don't get me wrong, graphics are impressive, but it's like, you know, ambient occlusion, ray tracing. It's, it's not, you know, leaps and bounds apart when you look at one, ver one visual versus the other. And right. so it's, while, you know, technically super impressive, visually if you don't realize what you're looking at you don't even notice it right and it's, so it's like how can we how can we make stuff now look realer like yeah how do we how do we make it look like so i'm looking out my window i'm looking at my pc and i can't tell the difference you know? except we're also like, at a point I, go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i i don't like the real world enough i want to watch it on a screen <laughs> We're right. also at a point though where like the more realistic something looks, sort of the creepier it gets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is way too real. I'm not a you fan of this. We're kind of <laughs> having to reel it in to not look as realistic. Otherwise, it's it looks it, My it, it's not even uncanny valley that anymore. It's something different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like some black mirror it's, type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like I think Spider-Man, here's a random tangent example of this, but I think Spider-Man on PS4 looks better than Spider-Man on PS5. Hmm. Because the lighting and shadows lighting? and stuff yeah. do things, 
yeah, yeah. it does things to the the 3D model. It it reads differently, and it's kind of creepy and spooky looking. It almost gives you like, you know, one is you're looking at a cartoon, and the other is you're looking at a a ventriloquist dummy doing the talking. And you know, I I grew up with ventriloquist dummies, and they're still freaking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it'll creep no, me out as much as most people but if you put no. me in a room full of dummies by myself i'm i'm not happy. you are in a room full of dummies by yourself my friend <laughs> <laughs> no thing reevaluate that <laughs> note, note to self werewolf has a ventriloquist dummy phobia okay cool yeah. <laughs> but hung out with can't him wait, as a child so. can't wait for october <laughs> um, so is this part of the episode where I can say how bad this game is? Are we ready for that part yet? Oh shit! Uh, we did, yeah, let's give us like, the negatives here. Like, shit away, my friend. Impressive. It's visually impressive. Absolutely. Is it inspiring a bunch of other games? Yeah, absolutely. But the controls are frustrating as hell. Like you have to take tiny baby steps to the edge of uh, ledges. Like at the beginning of this episode, I'm watching Poor Sinistar, who thank for thank you for giving us the footage suffered through an hour of playing this game i saw the one the one sequence you're trying to jump up on the ledge yeah I, I couldn't even figure out how to do that out it took me 20 minutes to figure out how to fucking hit a ledge meanwhile you're taking baby steps jumping missing baby step jumping missing <laughs> like i get it that's what other games going forward did but they made it a lot better but prince of persia is so frustrating to control and it just feels terrible it looks amazing but it controls terribly like I can't, I can't stand this. So, is so that not an allegory to... for life, though? Baby steps, <laughs> failures, <laughs> baby steps. I failure. thought it was so. It looks we... amazing, but it feels terrible. But it feels do wrong. We, do we need to? Do we need to go back last week and retcon and add this game to interfering interfaces? Uh, maybe. <laughs> It, it would be a contender, absolutely. And like the SNES version, I think since they're offline, you're telling me how the SNES version with the as an additional bus button. I think it added a jump button. It, wasn't great. it, added, it yeah. added a jump button that actually made it worse. Yeah, See, yeah. I don't think it interferes. Quite the opposite. I think it fears. It fears <laughs> definitely fears. I mean, is there is this a product of the game being so in in its time, being as advanced as it was, or at least I wouldn't say advanced, but looking as good as it does, that we forget that the controls are still kind of antiquated for what for what we have but we're well, so taken back by what it looks like during that time frame that we think hey i should be able to pick up my ps5 controller and just run with this thing no problem but they didn't have that back then so is it one, one of those like those double takes where we're like wait a minute this game is old like this game does have antiquated stuff but it looks so good for its time wtf well, I want to. I want to. I have a question that I don't know that I can answer without having original hardware in the original game. But, um, so a controllers had you know single button back then, and so if you had an action button, you had to use that as the action button, and so that's part of why the controllers use the up arrow. But when I talked about using the number pad key, the number pad keys, I wonder if. Uh, the Apple II back in the day didn't have enough rollover on the keyboard to handle multiple mm. buttons mm. at the same time. That could or be. more than two, more than two, because you do hold down an action button to do certain things. But I right. wonder if it couldn't handle that third key press. Right? That's and quite so that makes sense. I, yeah. I think three three keys was pushing it back on my Windows XP machine and yeah. yeah. That's why they have the, the jump forward and the jump back in two separate button locations, yeah. essentially, yeah. on the keypad. That yeah. would make sense, because then you're just combining the two together, I guess, and just making yeah. it one push, so you didn't have to worry about the rollover. Yeah, that I wonder if sense. it's a rollover issue. Without having an Apple II in my... I mean, I have the I have the, the Mr. Core, and I wonder if it has... if it can validate that. I'll have to look. You heard it here first. If anybody's got an Apple II lying around, just go ahead and send it over to Sinistar. We will uh, we'll test it here. <laughs> I will yeah, take it. Uh, Mechner, if you're listening, I feel bad because I've already done the if you're listening bit. But uh, Maybe Robert Downer you. Jr. buys this one. I don't know. Maybe he's got one. I don't know. I'm Apple saying, keyboards have a four-key rollover on columns and a six-key on rows. That's what it says um, in my mind palace. <laughs> in, in your mind palace? It's been a yeah. while since the mind palace has been... Is that preferred. what it's called? My wife you calls it shower math, and it's usually wrong. Um, then you probably would be okay thinking about it, but 
Yeah. This is a game that I feel like maybe I should give a shot on the NES or the Master System because, you know, technical limitations are a little closer to what the Amiga and Apple II and all that were. And so they're not trying to make it look as pretty as possible like on the Super Nintendo and then failing miserably. And then it also has the limited control scheme with the tube action buttons and the D-pad. So I feel like it might be a happy medium between them. I'm going to have to try it on those and see what I think. The version I, I heard it play is um, Sega CD, which actually has a voiced intro, which is interesting. <laughs> but wow. I heard it actually plays really well on the Sega CD. I think it's yeah. different than the Genesis version even, which is odd for that. I think I heard wow. that too. Huh. I want to mix a damage randomizer with the original <laughs> Prince of Persia and Oregon Trail. <laughs> no, just oh, the original Prince of Persia and all its various ports. I was just going to say that. Just play the ports and you literally <laughs> no, everything you know, you just the get same. dropped into one now and then. I have no oh, idea yeah. where you're at. I'm with I'm with GP on this. I think that you should get the mix-up where it says, I'm sorry those jaws closed on you and you died of dysentery. Right, nice. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for your guts. <laughs> you died of dysentery. You died of dysentery. Yeah. That's a yeah. All righty. Is All there right. anything anybody else would like to say on this game before we wrap it up? It looks pretty. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. Oh, oh, no. Oh, we pissed off Chard. Chard. I, uh, Chard was I, I like, do, nah. I, I do want to say that I, I really did um, kind of appreciate after playing it. You know, you saw my videos after playing it now eight times through levels two. Um, I I actually am going to go back and play it again. Um, yeah. It, uh, I, I know, Jake, you said the controls, but like for me, like that muscle memory kicked in. It was really interesting. And so yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily have that, that issue. I can see your point. Absolutely. Um, compared to modern gaming, it's, it's an awful control scheme, but I think um, for me, it's, yeah. it's the problem with the controls is also carried over into out of this world and flashback to degree, but it's the rest of those games. <clears throat> sorry. It's the rest of those games that I like so much, like flashback as an overall experience controls is not what I like. It's everything else about it that I kind of like, like I feel bad because when I tried Prince of Persia this week, I wanted to like it knowing what, what an influence it was and how it's ported to everything. But I just, for what the game is that the time limit, which I don't like the idea that you're playing this game multiple times to memorize the puzzle so you can beat it within the time limit. I, I just don't like that but, idea of a loop. But Meg, Mega Man. Mega Man. But you play this that guy over and over, and over again. This guy beats Mega Man, Man once, and all of a sudden he's the Mega Man King. Good <laughs> lord. I am the Mega Man Master of Chart. I told you that's my new title. But you're the Mega, you Mega, Mega Man, Man 1 Master. But you have 30 minutes to beat Mega Man 1. That's what it feels like. Memorize all the bosses, mm. the best route, the best weapons, and you have 30 minutes to do it. That's what Prince of Persia feels like. The time limit really frustrates me. It's probably better mm. on the SNES version because they give you two hours. Even if it is longer, it's still a generous time limit. But the other platform, 60 minutes doesn't feel long enough unless you are meant to memorize everything. And I don't like that concept. Mm. We should, you by the way, in post, I... we should add a timer to this podcast, just like <laughs> the... Uh... <laughs> But just cut it at you 60 make... minutes, like in the middle of it. Yeah. And have it, have it pop it up on the screen point. with like 55 minutes left. Like, right. Just keep zooming that, in and zooming out. Just that a timer is the exact reason I will not play uh, Majora's Mask. Mm. Yeah. So... Same reason. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Sure. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I hadn't thought Love of it, it that way. <clears throat> Maybe not now. Now Wolf's like, no, I'm not playing this game. Wolf, yeah. Wolf, or AKA GP, uh, in yeah. this particular version of the podcast. Oh, shit. Um, Close this out, sir. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I wanted not to be GP. Fault, for once. I believe Chard noticed me <laughs> looking at my. Uh, yeah, my I kept looking back at him. <laughs> that's identity my... theft is not a joke that's my okay. square <laughs> you're gonna steal my identity my credit score all Which of it change chairs <laughs> <laughs> or is it change places my credit score <laughs> oh, no. there we go oh, wow. what am I now there you go wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, motion sickness guys I'm gonna throw up. Awesome. 
All right. Uh, let's go ahead and let the people know where we can be found. Sinistar. Uh, so I am streaming most Mondays on Twitch, and I want to call out that uh, after I complete Super Mario Brothers 1, I've said I'm going to play Super Mario World again, and then I am going to play through Prince of Persia. Love it. Oh. All right. And GP? I'm GP yeah. right now. Uh, we used to stream over at the Retro <laughs> Therapy, but most of the time you'll catch me here. But we have some ideas about doing some charity events for the Retro Therapy. And as soon as we find out what we're going to do with that, we'll let everybody know we're really excited about it. Right on. And Sick Wolf. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am Sick Jake. You can find me uh, eventually on Twitch. But what I've been doing lately is I uh, did beat my Sisyphean game, Mega Man 1 for the NES, Ooh. and then not satisfied, I went and beat Mega Man 1 on Wily Wars. And to further toot my own horn, I also beat Mega Man 1 powered up on the PSP. You could say mm -hmm. that I am the greatest Mega Man player of all <laughs> fucking time. And that will be Mega my title going forward. Thank you. You heard Although it, cool I played kid. Man 2 and Sick died Jake's in like coming five for you. Yeah. Sick Jake, are we getting the exclusive? Are you challenging Cool Kid to oh, wow. uh, a runoff? Oh, wow. That's, that's you what know I'm hearing. Hours We're having a mega off. So you know what it was? I was sick. So for the entire weekend, I spent like 30 hours playing all the Mega Man 1 games. That's what it was. It took forever to beat the Yellow Devil in that every is... iteration of that game. It's brutal. But anyway, hours, videos are on YouTube. One, Go check it out. That is one hell of an anti-speed run. <laughs> yes, that's, that's anti-speed walk. I want to do a damage randomizer of just seven different versions or seven different files of Mega Man One. <laughs> you can. That's really like the Prince to. of Persia damage run. There you go. <laughs> it's just different save states. Just throw uh, you around. Nick was yeah. just doing the mellow saunter. <laughs> <laughs> the mellow saunter. <laughs> On your left. <laughs> uh, I hate it here. I get that reference. <laughs> and GP. No, Chard nailed it. I nailed everything it. he said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping GP was going to do my intro, my outro. <laughs> I'm super uh, vain, and I'm everywhere. Find me there. <laughs> yeah, if you can't find me, ask it. Anybody else on the internet, they know who I am. They'll send you over. Funnel wow. Fantasy forever. <laughs> wow. And uh, I'm Werewolf. I can be found mostly here. Doing a little YouTube soon. I keep saying that. Soon, TM. <laughs> He's got to get to his respect. He's got to go get his respect. No. This is Ben Press Beating. Oh. Press Beating Cancel. Good night, everybody. I'm in a star right now. <laughs> Bye, everybody.